What's up, people? Welcome back to the BCMA Podcast. That's the Black Clover Martial Arts Podcast. And do you know what day it is? It is our anniversary. That's right. We've been in the game 10 weeks now, and um, I've had a great time so far. It's been fun. Listen, for this week, we are going to share. I'm going to share with you my top 10 most influential Muay Thai fighters for me, not you, for me. So don't at me. Um, these are fighters that have influenced me in some way. It doesn't always have to be their fighting ability. It could be sometimes their heart and other, and other things. Um, and it's not the top 10 greatest Muay Thai fighters of all time. And it's, it's like my, this is just people. And there's probably 150 other people that should be on this list, but, um, I'm only doing 10. So I picked 10 that I think are dope. And that I really liked uh, for one reason or another. So here we go. This is my top 10 most influential Muay Thai fighter to me list. Not you. Me. Coming in at number 10 on the list is Danny Bill. Danny Bill is a French Muay Thai fighter and a bit of a legend. I found out about him much later in my career. And when I did and when I did some research, started watching some videos, I realized he was a monster. His ability to uh, use his opponent's energy against them in clinch situations and his ability to sweep um, were so technical. And and it's not one of those things that you see very, very often. It, it's almost... When you see it, it's not like anybody else's. So I suggest you go watch a little Danny Bill, check some highlights, watch a couple of fights, and um, and really enjoy something different from what you see everywhere else. And uh, really, Danny Bill is a, a, a real legend in the sport, especially for French Muay Thai. So number 10, Danny Bill. Coming in at number 9 on the list is Yatsen Clive Fairtex. Yatsen Clive Fairtex is one of the best Muay Thai fighters ever. Um, Yad has some really, really crazy abilities. And one of them is his left kick, which he uses to break his opponents down. He starts to break through that arm barrier. Um, also, when people are attacking aggressively and he throws that left kick, they don't have a choice but to defend it. So it often stops their progress forward. It, um, it uh, disrupts their combination throwing ability. And... Once he starts to break those arms down, because that becomes super painful, uh, he can really move inside and do his real work that he likes to do. And his real work is in his boxing. They call him a boxing computer, right? So he gets inside, he understands what combinations you want to throw, and he also understands what your abilities are there. So he likes to throw lefts to the body, devastating uh, power puncher, uh, lefts to the head, and right hooks. And that left kick over and over. So... For me, Yad uh, really forced me and pushed me to really work on my left kick. So if you look at my like my Instagram, you'll see me a lot of times. The pictures that I post will be of that left kick because it's so much prettier than my right kick. So um, uh, if you haven't checked out Yad and Clyde Fairtex, check him out. And here's a lucky known fact. Lucky known fact. I held uh, the pads for Gregory Choplin, who's, if you know who that is, he's a French Muay Thai fighter. And he's been local here in Miami for a while now, 12 years or whatever it's been. And uh, I had an opportunity um, during the time I was teaching a little bit at um, Knockout Zone to hold pads for Gregory Choplin 
when he was going to when he fought Yod in uh, lion fights. Uh, it was a great experience. And then after that, I held Pats for Greg again, and he won his WBC title. So shout out to Gregory Choplin on that. But um, yeah, man, Yasen Clyde Fairtex, if you haven't seen him, seen him fight or uh, seen any of his highlights or seen him training, there's some great training videos on there. Go and watch Yod, man. Go and watch. Uh, I worked on my left kick for a year after watching him. And I hope he inspires you the same way he inspired me. And that was number nine, Yatsen Clyde Fairtex. I said that messed up. It's Yatsen Clyde Fairtex. Sorry. Damn. Coming in at number eight on the list. Um, I'm actually splitting this number eight. I hope you guys don't mind. Um, I'm splitting it because I found out about these two at the uh, right about the same time. Uh, Buakau and Sanchai. Right? So, um, I like them too. Uh, I like the two of them for different reasons, right? So Sanchai, I found to be uh, very slick. He also seemed to to uh, move in ways that other Thai boxers don't move. Uh, very, very slick with his feet, shuffling his feet, uh, just doing different things. Um, his sweeping ability is second to none. You can go and watch. There's some videos that are just him sweeping people, and it's, it's pretty sick. Um the real thing that I liked about him, though, was his viciousness. Because when you look at him, he's always smiling. Uh, he's usually not as tall as the other fighters. He's always in this this sort of mood that, or uh, what it seems like, this energy where he's having this great time. But if you watch closely, there are times and in fights where you see sort of this switch happen, and he's vicious. He he puts you down. He's not like, uh, I'm going to fool around. A lot of times after he plays, you know, like he can continue to do that. But I've seen him be real vicious. So, you know, it's one of those uh, don't judge a book by its cover kind of things. As smiley as he is and as joking as he is on his Instagram and, you know, in real life, apparently, um, he is murderous inside that ring. So, um, and then Boy Cal. Boy Cal was, to me... Super intense, right? I was watching his training videos, so intense. Watching his pad work, so intense. When he fights, so intense. Uh, throwing a lot of knees, throwing a lot of power. And to me, I just really took from him, his really his intensity and his training and his effort um, in his craft. Like, he just worked so hard. I was like, man, I got to try to work like that. I mean, I, I we don't, we're, I'm definitely not built like that, but... Jeez, man, his intensity was everything for me. So I love watching him fight. He always, you know, it was always a devastating fight. Um, but I always love watching him fight. And those two had to be together because I found out about them at the same time. And I started to train a little more intensely because of Boy Cal. And I started to try to do a little more slick stuff, uh, cartwheel kicks and all that because of Sanchez. So those guys go at number eight. And then remember, this list is not necessarily in order. Like, Anybody on this list could be anywhere. So um, that was number eight. Boakal Sanchai. Coming in at number seven is uh, Ramon Deckers, the diamond. Um, let's talk about this just a little bit. Okay, so first, I, I don't want to mention his name without mentioning uh, Coban's name because his fight, their second fight in Lumpany, um, where Ramon Deckers was... He came back and knocked uh, Coban out after their first fight, which Coban had the upper hand and put Ramon Deckers down. Ramon Deckers came back to Lumpany, which No Farang had won at Lumpany at that time, I believe. 
And he finished him with, he had already knocked him down. When they, when the ref stepped away for them to start back fighting, or he didn't knock him down. The ref gave him, a, gave a Cobain an eight count. He was all right, sort of. But when he stepped forward, he went to throw this really devastating hard left hook. And Ramon Deckers beat him to it with an over elbow, like an overhand elbow. Hit him in the head with the elbow. Hit him with a left hook. Coban goes flying back. And Ramon Decker, Ramon Decker slides forward and hits him with a right hand on the way down. And finishes that. Now that fight was huge because it made, it brought sort of Muay Thai into like a worldwide spotlight. And for that, you can't really mention Ramon Deckers without mentioning Coban. And that's beautiful that those two are tied together. They fought one or two more times. And again, super beautiful fights and, and really hard. They're both power fighters. So if you haven't seen those fights, go watch, uh, Ramon Deckers versus Coban. And then, um, let's talk about, you know, Ramon Deckers a little bit more. So he was one that to me, when I started watching, I was like, Oh, he can box. He uses his hands a lot. And I realized that, that, that him fighting Coban and using his hands the way he did is kind of what put boxing in the, in the spotlight for, uh, for Muay Thai. And it's what made people want to use boxing a little more. And for me, boxing's always been a staple of my life, right? So it's always been a staple of my Muay Thai. And I mean, I loved boxing when I was growing up and, there was just no question about it that I was going to somehow add boxing in. And I've gotten a chance to train with professional, tons of professional boxers, golden gloves fighters, so forth and so on. And I think that a good, a good solid boxing, um, set of tools with all of your Muay Thai set of tools is, is like the perfect combination of everything. And I do appreciate of a real power style of Muay Thai as well, where you're not slipping and countering and moving your head as much, but you're more parrying and, you know, sort of blocking and catching and throwing stuff in return. I really love that as well. But for me, I love being evasive and being able to be in the pocket and box. So, um, yeah, man, Ramon Decker's devastating boxing, real power, power leg kicks and, he was one of my heroes, sort of. I was like, man, I got to train with him one day. I got to train with him one day. And then, unfortunately, he passed away and um, broke my heart, man. But uh, rest in peace, Ramon Deckers, the diamond. Uh, shout out to Coban. One of the best, baby. One of the best at number seven. Coming in at number six on this list is USA's own Joe Schilling. Um, <laughs> that's the man, though, for real. Everybody thinks they're a gangster till a real gangster walks in the room, if you know what I mean. Uh, shout out to the Can't Stop Crazy crew. If you were around for a while, then you know what that is. Uh, Joe Schilling, to me, was very influential in that he seemed like a dude like me. Um, when I first found out about him, I think there's a USA versus Thailand documentary. It's like four parts, a bunch of different people on it, Kevin Ross, a couple other people. And their journeys for these this fight, or these fights they were individually going through, and this is a great documentary, but... You know, Joe Schilling was, to me, man, he was just a dude that was real. Like, I felt a realness from him that I was like, man, that seems like somebody I would hang out with. Like, that, it makes it feel possible to me when you see something that you can relate to. Um, so, for me, it was that. And then it was the way he fought. He fought viciously. 
You know, he's in there fighting. And then I found out, yo, my man smoked cigarettes. I think when he was fighting in glory, he was fighting in the tournament and went and smoked cigarette in between the fight, in between the fights, he had to fight three times in a night. He's in the, after one fight, going outside to smoke a cigarette or something, coming back in, fighting again. Really wild to me, man. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess, right? So if that's what he felt he could do, then he did it. And I feel like that's something else I, I, um, I can relate to. It's like, if you feel like you can do it, then just do it and don't let anything stop you. And don't say that things are stopping you. Just do the damn things. Um, I had the opportunity of meeting Joe Schilling at glory 11. I've told this story before, maybe not here, but I had a chance to meet with him and speak with him and tell him like he had influenced me and so forth. And what he told me influenced me more. He told me about how hard it was or, or difficult being like, there's not enough U.S. knock movies, U.S. Muay Thai fighters, and that they can't be the only one sort of like, you know, pushing the thing along. And man, I don't, it doesn't even matter whether he knows it or not, but those words made me say, all right, well, I'm just not, I'm not going to stop. Cause at that point, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was getting older. I didn't know if I was going to fight anymore. I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew I wanted to open a gym. I knew I wanted to fight and I needed that. I needed, I think, a little bit of that inspiration at the time. So shout out to Joe Schilling for, um, just speaking the truth, man, and being cool to just some dude that happened to get some good seats for once at a, at a fight. So, um, that was number six, Joe Schilling, the American gangster for real, for real. So, uh, if you haven't checked out Joe Schilling, go check him out. He's fought Muay Thai, Glory, uh, kickboxing, MMA, the whole nine. And, um, he's a real one, yo, a real one. Number six, Joe. Coming in at number five on the list is your boy, John Wayne Parr. That's right, people. We going down under. Mate. I know it was terrible. I wasn't really trying. Anyway, uh, John Wayne Parr is uh, an Australian Muay Thai fighter. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Uh, who is uh, an amazing, amazing fighter. I think he's at 100 plus fights. Uh, he's got 270 some odd stitches in his face and head. Um but he is one of those people that you love because he's always cracking jokes. He's always smiling. He's always having a good time. He is always very humble for the most part. And he loves what he does. And he's, he's super passionate about it. And you can see the passion when he is, um, when he's fighting and when he's talking and when he's training people and when he's cracking jokes, it's, one of those things where the energy from somebody so good, you can feel it through the screen and his ability to fight is, I mean, he's had fights with some of the best, right? I think he fought Boy Cow. He's fought, I mean, he's just, he's fought a ton of people and he's fought all around the world. I think now he's fighting in one. He announced he was retiring. Then he had hip surgery and now he's going to fight in one. I mean, give this man his flowers. As they say, this dude has been around for a hot minute. Still talks about, I just want to be famous, mate. Like, what, you want to be fa You don't think you're famous? All right. Um, but he is for sure an ex example of what uh, you should try to be, I guess, if you have the uh, the ability and the cognition, is that a word? To um, push yourself to the utmost and, be and be what you believe. Right. He wants to be this thing. He wanted to be this thing and he believed it and he pushed and he's still here after all this time. I mean, I know his retirement is imminent because it's been so long, 
But shout out to John Wayne Parr coming in at number five for being super influential to me. I, get, I hope I get to train with him at some point. Also, John Wayne Parr was one of the first people uh, to put MMA gloves on Muay Thai fighters and put them in a cage. He did that. So let's not get it twisted. If anybody else says they were doing it first or they were part of whatever, he was one of the first ones that were putting people on. And he was, you know, telling people, I remember watching these, you know, people writing in and, and comments online and him replying, telling, hey, can you get a plane ticket? You know, you want to fight? Can you get a plane ticket over here kind of thing? Like, man, that dude's a real one, too. So shout out to John Wayne Parr for uh, pushing the sport passionately and and making it uh, cool to be uh, a fun Muay Thai fighter and still be um, able to train and fight the highest uh, levels and to be honorable and respectful to the art in which you are performing. JWP coming in at number five. I don't think you're ready for this. Coming in at number four is Miriam Nakamoto, the queen of Muay Thai. She is undoubtedly the best uh, fighter, female Muay Thai fighter I've ever seen. One of the best overall Muay Thai fighters I've ever seen. And it is a real testament to her heart, to her soul, to her belief in herself, and to her ability. Now, how did I find out about Miriam Nakamoto? Well, back in the day, I'm not even sure when, early 2000s something, uh, maybe mid 2000s, like 2005, something like that. Uh, there was uh, a show on the Oxygen channel called Fight Girls. It was a reality show, like The Ultimate Fighter or something like that. And uh, it was all female Muay Thai fighters. Uh, Gina Carano was the host and head trainer or something like that, a host. And uh, I think Kevin Ross was in that show. That was how I found out about him. Uh, and a few other people that I've, you know, one or two I've had a chance to meet along the way. And I was fascinated just by the show in general, the fighters on it, their struggle. They had to, you know, at the end of the show, they fought... Um, I, they fought a Thai or they fought in Thailand. It was like this, this really cool reality show about Muay Thai and it was about women. And nobody knew anything about this. You know, like I was, in, I was so into it, man. Let me tell you. Anyway, Miriam Nakamoto is a dope, dope fighter. She went into MMA and then she got a, a knee injury that was really bad. She's had a bunch of surgeries, bunch of re, sort of recovery issues, but she looks to be on the mend. It's been a, a couple of years, a few years, and uh, she looks really good on her Instagram and all that. So go check her out. Uh, make sure you research her, watch her videos, watch her highlight reel. Uh, there's a picture of Miriam Nakamoto I saw at, I don't know where I saw it online, obviously, but you know, her legs were battered, battered. And she was fighting in a tournament in Thailand uh, for King's birthday or something like that. I don't remember the exact event, but her legs were battered and it was before the final fight. So she had to go out and fight like that. And she won. If you see that picture of her legs, you will not be, it, it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. I don't think, I mean, they were just black and blue the, uh, all over and she went out there and smashed. So, um, big love to Miriam Nakamoto because she definitely influenced me about what can be done and how you can do it and who you can be and, and just all these different things. So, uh, and if you get a chance, I don't know, go find Fight Girl somewhere and see if you and watch it and see if you see some faces that you might know. Um, big love right there. Number four, Miriam Nakamoto. 
Oh crap, we get into the top three. Alright, so I said top three, but again, this is not in any order. I I like all of these fighters equally, and I like a number of others for obviously other reasons, because there's so many and so much to pull from. Um, but I'm enjoying doing this, so let's continue. Uh number three is another USA's finest. This is Kevin Ross. Um so Kevin Ross was one of the first people that I was like, man. Okay, like I, I wanna, I wanna do that. How can I shave a mohawk today and color it like green or pink or something? Um, I saw him on Fight Girls and then I saw him with in a few fights online. I saw him fight Sanchai in a fight that I was like, wait, he won that fight. And I think a lot of other people thought the same. But if you want to see something really amazing, I'm not even sure who made the video. Maybe I'll put the link to it at the bottom. It's a video on YouTube called Resurrection, I believe. And it's a Kevin Ross sort of highlight video, but it goes through when he had a knee injury and then continue fighting and then got, had to have it repaired, go through that whole process and then start fighting again. And that was during a time I was really kind of watching him heavily as well. So when you, when I watched that video, I sort of remember those times, those fights he had right after and the knee injury and all that and how fast he came back and, um, to me, he's one of the best. Uh, he's a he, what am I saying? He is a legend in United States Muay Thai, without a doubt. And there aren't many others uh, of of that stature to me personally, because he brought something different to the table in his sort of flashy style and his toughness too. He was able to take a lot. There's tons of fights where he's had gashes over his head and, you know, over his eyes and all this stuff. And he continues on like nothing. And he's always gracious. Yo, you want to pick somebody to try to emulate? Kevin Ross is the dude. Um, go check him out on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Go watch his fights. Go watch Resurrection, the highlight video. And... Be amazed. Be amazed, man. Shout out to Kevin Ross. At number two on this list, Tyrone Spong, the king of the ring. Listen, if you're uh, saying, well, why is Tyrone Spong on the Muay Thai list? Well, at the point at which I found out about Tyrone Spong, it was sort of before he went into kickboxing. And all I had were the Muay Thai fights uh, and highlights. So I went and watched... All these, these videos of this young, skinny, lanky kid, uh, from Suriname that man was fucking people up. And to me, the thing about him was that I felt like his body style matched mine a little bit. And I felt like the way he liked to, to do things would be great for me to try to figure out how to do the way he threw punches, the way he threw kicks, the way he was solid in his base, you know, moving forward and the way he threw with power um, and his sharpness. Look, man, that dude right there was to me one of the all times. And um, I think he went into kickboxing and he started to become in high regard more there. But trust me when I say this, Go back and watch his Muay Thai fights before he went into kickboxing, and you will see how good of a fighter 
he was in Muay Thai. You know, I mean, obviously we know he's in kickboxing. I'm going to do another list where some people will end up on that list. I might have said that already, but he was a great Muay Thai fighter as well. So if you get a chance, go watch Tyrone Spong. That's my number two because he was what I thought I had the ability to be in body style, right? The way he moved, I felt like, you know, I'm going to take some of that stuff because he's clearly doing something right. And uh, I truly enjoyed that sort of moment in my training where I was like, oh, I really like this. So let me, let me work on this a little more. Shout out to Tyrone Spong, the number two, because of his Muay Thai, right? Not his kickboxing, his Muay Thai. Coming in at number one, Samar Payakaroon. He is my, I don't say he's my favorite, but he's one of my all-time favorites for a lot of different reasons. Um, his ability to understand time and space, uh, his fundamentals. Um, he was able to work everywhere in the fight, and he was also able to make you look foolish. Uh, you could be within all, all the boxing range you wanted to be, and you could throw all the punches, and you're probably not going to hit very much. And then there's a chance that he's going to walk you sideways without you realizing it and knock you out. This dude had the, the full, complete game. Uh, he was not only a multiple-time uh, Lumpany champion and so forth and so on in Muay Thai, which was obviously, you know, why I was brought into, like, finding out about him and how he, how I was watching him was so influenced by his teeps and his ability to move. And then I found out he was a WBC boxing champion. Well, hell, that makes sense now. Um, you can go and watch his training and watch him doing some sparring, watch him in fights, and see him on the ropes with his hands down, slipping punches, right? And you can see him in his boxing fights. You can see him in his Muay Thai fights. And the man is just by far one of the best, best fighters I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I'm obviously not alone in that. And I still, still just, I can go back and watch him all the time. I'll find something new. Uh, Samark Pakarun is number one and one of my all-time favorites. I hope that you go and, and watch and watch how he integrates, uh, his head movement from boxing, his actually, actual boxing ability and his straight Muay Thai ability and his ability to just change the game and change the timing and change the space at any moment. Um, for his, uh, benefit, one of the best all time, Samart Payakaroon. And that was my top 10, most influential to me, not to you, but to me. So don't at me, uh, Muay Thai fighters. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you, um, go and check these fighters out. A lot of them are amazing that you may or may not have seen. Uh, I hope that you spend some time studying your craft and learn about these people that came before you. Also, if you like the show, which I hope that you do, if you like it as a podcast, I hope that you do. You don't get to see my antics, but you get to hear them. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button, share with your friends, hit the like button, hit the notification bell so you'll know when they come out. And thanks for riding with me for the 10 weeks. And once more time, it's our anniversary. So I hope you enjoyed it. I sure did. I'll be back with more lists and another podcast for you next week. Ah, peace. I'm out. Uh -huh.